Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. Close to Jeremiah chapter 29, and as you get your Bibles open, I've got a message I believe that's going to bless you and help you. Amen. And uh, I want to make a disclaimer real quick. How many know what a disclaimer is? That's that thing that pops up in front and says, we're not responsible for any uh, uh, problems or anything that goes wrong or any of those things. I want to make a disclaimer for this message because I'm going to give you some truth this morning, but I'm not talking to you directly from this message. The Holy Spirit will speak to us. Amen. I believe it's going to bring forth fruit, but I don't want anybody to take it personal like I'm preaching to you or like I know anything about you or anything like that. How many know that the Holy Spirit knows about us? And, and he gives us messages that are for our healing. So I want to talk about a subject this morning called favor, say favor, favor. Over, over bitterness. How many know bitterness is a problem? It's a cancer. It's dangerous. It's deadly. And I want to talk about that this morning. So bitterness is up there, but the, the title is favor over Bitterness. So don't forget that. That we we know that God has a plan that is good. His plan is 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 not for us to be bitter. His plan is for us to be better. So I make that disclaimer. How many have ever met somebody and when you asked them how they were, you wish you wouldn't have asked? Anybody? And it doesn't mean you don't care. It doesn't mean you're just waiting for the good, how are you thing, but sometimes when you ask somebody how they are, you just walk away wishing you wouldn't have asked because they tell you everything that's wrong with them. They tell you everything they went through that week, and they tell you, and so you you almost want to say, look, I asked you how you were, not what your problems were, right? But some people just get it all out there because they're just in that problem. Now, sometimes people are having a problem, and and that might kind of come out because they're having a problem that week and they are struggling with something. But how many know that some people are a struggle? They just walk in struggle. Some people are just always sick. Some people are just always down. Some people are just always struggling. That is not God's will. Can you say amen? Now, I did not say, this is part of the disclaimer, I did not say everything's always going to be perfect. I did not say you're not going to have problems. I did not say you're not going to get sick. Or you're not, I didn't say any of that stuff. What I'm saying is it is not God's will for you or anybody you know or anybody in this place to be constantly sick, constantly down, constantly sad, constantly defeated, constantly bitter, constantly in problems. Can I get an amen? amen. That's, that's not God's will, and I'm going to prove it to you in his word. Let's look at Jeremiah 29, 11. Look what God says he wants for you. I know the thoughts... I think towards you. Watch what God's thoughts are. Not sickness, not disease, not problems, not sadness, not downness. He says, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. To give you a future and a hope. Amen. I know God says the thoughts I think towards you. So he, he is not thinking, oh, I hope they wake up sick this morning. Oh, I hope they wake up down this morning. I hope that they're struggling today. He says, my thoughts towards you are of peace and of good, not of evil. And I have a future and a hope for you. I have a plan for you and it's good. How many know God's plan is good? 
Now, again, it doesn't mean it's perfect, our lives. doesn't mean everything just falls into place. But what I'm saying is, and I'm going to teach you here this morning from the Word, that we can maybe recognize that there may be something in our lives called bitterness that might be the root. So we know the Bible says that the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. You know, some people misquote that sometimes, right? Some people say that money is the root of all evil. It doesn't say that. It says the love of money is the root of all evil. So bitterness, as we're going to see in a minute, I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit. Bitterness is the root of a lot of problems that we bring on to ourselves. Let me show you another verse uh, that God has for us, okay? Psalms 30, verse 5. These happen to be two of my favorite verses, and how many know I have a lot of favorite verses? This is two of my favorites. Psalms 35 says, For his anger is for but a moment. Now, how many know God does get mad? How many know parents get mad? If you have kids, you get mad. But it's not like we wake up as parents going, You know what? I just want to be mad today at my kids. When you're mad at your kids, it's because they did something wrong. God is mad at us sometimes or angry with us because he's frustrated with us because we're not obeying him. But how many are thankful that it doesn't say his anger is for eternity? It says his anger is but for a moment, but weep, sorry, but his favor, watch this, his favor is for life. That's why this message is titled, Favor Over Bitterness. How many know favor is better than bitterness? Now watch how it closes. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. And what a great lead-in John had with his prayer time when he said that about the storm. That's the perfect picture. There's days that we ha- we're in the storm. It's raining. It's thundering. It's, it's lightning. It's windy. But how many know that that storm is not going to last forever? The sun is going to come out again. Amen. We're going to see it shine again. Praise God. But the problem is some people have a problem with the shining sun. Some people have such a root of bitterness that they'll complain about the sun shining too bright. Or there's too many clouds in the sky, or that sunset wasn't long enough, or whatever. I mean, people will find a way to complain and be bitter about everything, and and I'm hoping that that's none of us in here today. Maybe we know somebody. Maybe we were that person. Watch this. Maybe that's the plan of the devil for us to become that person. Maybe this could be a, I don't know about you, but I am a prevention person. I want to prevent it. If I got to face it and I'm in it, and I'll, I'll deal with it. But if I can prevent it, I'm going to prevent it. Amen. It's like, it's like when you go out in the spring or summertime, if you'll grab one of those dryer sheets and rub it on you and put it in your pocket, you can prevent some mosquito bites. How many know what I'm talking about? If you forget, you get out there, you get bit, you still enjoy your time, but you can prevent those mosquitoes. There's a lot of things in our lives we can prevent if we will recognize the symptoms of what the Bible says is going on in our lives. So how many are with me on those two texts there, right? Those, sorry, those two verses that he has plans and thoughts for us and that, his, that problems will endure, thank God, not for a year or forever, but for a night. Now, watch this. This is the text of our message today. This is Hebrews 12, verses 14 and 15. I'm going to read this in the New Living Translation. Now, when I say text, okay, what I mean by that is this is the most important verse of the message because this is giving the substance of what I'm trying to show you this morning in the Word of God, okay? The message is favor over bitterness. Now, watch this verse. Work. Say work. Work. 
I did not just cuss. Amen. How many know some people look at work like cussing? I mean, you just cussed at me, man. Don't throw that word at me. How many know work is good? It's good to work. It's good to get dirty. It's good to sweat. It's good to put work in. How many have realized your salvation is work? Serving God is work. Marriage is work. Good relationships are work. A good church is work. Anything that's worthwhile takes work. Nothing happens without work. Nothing good. You don't, you don't find someone who has a great marriage and, and you say, how, how did you have such a good marriage? Say, oh, we just, we just woke up like this. We just, we just have, we just, it just happened. No, you're going to hear them say it took work. It took, it took sacrifice. It took, it took you know, me dying to myself. So I'm staying on this word work for a second because we know we don't work to be saved, but we work in our salvation and really, in a sense, work to stay saved, to stay in the presence of God, to stay in the will of God. So this, this verse is saying we've got to work. Okay, so what's the work today? The work is to walk in God's favor instead of walking in bitterness. Favor is better than bitterness. Amen. So work at living in peace with everyone. How I many know that's not easy? He says it's work. You got to work. You got to make it work. And work at living a holy life. It means you, it means you say no to things. It means you have convictions. It means you have standards. It means that you, that you say, I'm not going to do that. I'm working on my salvation. I'm working on my holiness That in God. I want to be like Christ, so I'm going to work at doing what God wants me to do. It, it's work. And then what he says, look what he says. For those who are not holy will not see the Lord. I didn't write it. Amen. Why did it get so quiet in here? For those who are not holy, for those who do not work at walking in holiness with the Lord, they won't see him. He says, I need you. He says, I've, do I've done the part already. Last week we talked about him rising from the grave and defeating death. He did his part already. Now it's our turn. We've got to walk it out. We've got to walk it out. We have to be able to, to as we're going to get into in a minute here, push some things off of us. Keep some things out, away from us so that that, that, that spirit of bitterness cannot attach to us. Amen. Amen. Let's finish this. Verse 15. Watch this. Look after each other. This is the most important verse. Look after each other. How many know that when we get to heaven, we're going to be there because we helped each other? Amen. Although it's personal, although I can't make you do anything, I can encourage you. You can encourage me. As we talked about Wednesday night, the power of fellowship. Iron sharpening iron. How, how, how that, that, that girl, that baby girl was healed of that horrible cancer or horrible diagnosis because of a fellowship praying together, coming together and helping each other, saying, I'm going to pray for you like that's my daughter. We saw that miracle, amen? That's, that's togetherness. So we're looking after each other so that none of you fails to receive the grace of God. Now watch this. Watch out. Say watch out. Watch out. It's a warning. He says watch out. How many know when someone says, watch out, something's happening? It's happening quick. So he says here, watch out that no poisonous root of bitterness grows up to trouble you and corrupts many. See, when somebody allows bitterness to come into their life, it hurts other people. It corrupts other people. 
But guess what your job is? Guess what my job is? To not allow that corruption on you. To not allow that spirit to come on you. Some people will let it. Some people will let it happen. Some people will get around a person that's bitter and they'll become bitter like them. But God has called us to come around that person and be better. Be different. And rub off on them. Not allow them to rub on us, off on us. Amen. It's a spirit. It's a dangerous spirit. And as we get into this a little bit more, you're going to see how strong it is, how powerful it is, how real it is. And maybe one of these areas that we're going to look at maybe might be an area where you say, hey, Holy Spirit's telling me this is an area I need to work on. Because this is an area where there's a root growing. How many know you can't see the fruit of a root until it comes through the ground? That seed starts to grow, and then that root is there at the bottom. When you see a tree, there's a whole bunch of roots that are planted out. Amen. we got to uproot some things in our lives. And so we're talking about favor over bitterness. Pastor Bland, which is, happens to be the, the father or the grandfather of that baby, miracle baby, uh, told, us, told me a couple years ago, uh, he, I've been to his house in Cortez. He's a farmer. He has c- cattle and he has goats and he has uh, uh, several acres of land that he has uh, purchased over the years. And he was growing some alfalfa in his land so he could feed his animals and stuff. And, and he, he was at a new place and he kept trying to get his alfalfa to grow and it would not grow. For two years he could not get it to grow. And, and watch this. He was looking over at his neighbor right next door who had a, several acres as well. And his alfalfa was just flourishing. Now how many know it's easy sometimes to look at something that somebody else has and get jealous? And look over and say, why is his alfalfa growing and not mine? Amen. And so you can kind of sometimes see what somebody else is going through. And, and to me, this is maybe, if I could explain this really clear today, this is the best way, and or not best, worst way really, but the easiest way to understand how bitterness, bitterness starts is when you have a spirit that looks at somebody else with any kind of jealousy. And I'm kind of getting in front ahead of myself here because I have some symptoms here. But this is a big one. When I look at somebody else flourishing and I, and, and I, don't, and I don't go, hey, let me try to find out what they're doing. What, what, Pastor Bland start thinking, what, what, what is he, let me find out what this guy's doing um, because his is growing and mine's not. We're kind of in the same area. Right? Y'all with me? And, and he had the right water. He had the right soil. He had the same sun. How many know we're all into the same sun? How, how come some people flourish and some people don't? So he goes over. He says he humbled himself. He says, neighbor, I don't get it, man. Your, your alfalfa is just flourishing, and mine's over here. I can't get it to grow. Can, can you come over and show, maybe look and see if I'm doing something wrong? See the humility there? Instead of saying, you know what, his is, I'm just going to burn his down. If, I, if mine can't grow, his isn't going to grow either. Right? That's what some people would do. Some people say, I'm miserable. I'm going to make you miserable too. Misery loves company. So he goes over and says, will you come look? And he's, yeah, of course. So the guy goes over there. He starts walking around his land. He says, yeah, your soil's good. Sun's good. Your water's good. But you got a weed right there, a dangerous weed that's growing. And that weed right there, he pointed it out, is killing all your alfalfa. He pointed it out. He could see it. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do for us. If we'll let him come into our garden He'll come in and say, that right there is what's killing your 
your work. That's what's killing your life. That's what's killing your happiness. That's what's killing your joy. That's what's killing your marriage. That's what's killing your, right there. He'll point it out to us. And Pastor Bland dealt with that weed, and then his, his alfalfa began to flourish, just like his neighbor. Okay? So as we get into five signs of bitterness this morning, I want to give you one more verse, and this is important. Ephesians 4.27 says this. Do not give place to the devil. Don't give him a place. Don't give him a, a room. Don't give him a door. Don't give him an opportunity to come in. It, 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 we go around constantly making sure that there is no place that the devil can come in and start a root of bitterness. We have to be constantly with our spiritual uh, axe or spiritual uh, shovel or whatever you want to call our spiritual pesticide. Uh, Pesticide, thank you. Spiritual pesticide, whatever you want to use, you see that root begin, psh, shoot it, with the, kill, kill that weed. Don't let the devil come in. Some people just sit down and drink coffee with the devil. And they, he's, he's, I want to make you bitter. And they say, come on in, I do too. Come on in, I'll make you, how much, how many coffee, you want some cream? And some people do that, maybe don't do it on purpose, maybe don't realize it, but some people do that. They just, they're just so bitter that they just, they just like it. They're just used to it. How many know that's not God's will? It's not God's will. As I'm saying this, maybe you've thought of somebody. Maybe you're thinking, man, yeah. And again, disclaimer, I'm not saying it's the case. I'm not making a doctrine that everybody that's sick or struggling is, 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 has a root of bitterness. But what I'm saying is, is those things should not be constant. It shouldn't be all the time. How many, like when going back to when you ask someone how they're doing, I've met people, and I, if you've ever done this to me, and I, I, I've said it to you, back to you. That I say, how you doing? They say, okay. I say, no, you're not. My answer is, no, you're not. You're not okay. Okay is in jail. Okay is in the hospital. Okay is on the street. You're not okay. You're good. You're at least good. Come on. You're, you're, you've got a roof over your head. You've got, you've got clothes on. You, you're, you're not in the hospital. You're not in jail. You're better than good or better than okay. You're good. I had a family member that would always tell me, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay. And he'd have nice things, nice house, nice marriage, everything. And I'm saying, no, you're not okay. I never said it to him. He was a family member. I never said it back to him. And, and at one point he changed. He kind of changed his lingo, and now he says, I'm good. And I, I said, thank God for that revelation, whoever gave it to him. Right? Come here with me. All right, let me go over five things. Let's, let's, let's write five things down this morning. And maybe as I say these things, maybe something will click. Maybe. maybe I, hope, I hope we don't need to have any of them. We say, man, I'm good. Thank the Lord. I'm preventing good. But maybe something will click. God forbid maybe you have all five. But the good thing is there will be an altar call at the end. And we can go to God and we can say, Lord, I want to fix this. Number one. Now, these aren't in any certain order. These aren't in any certain order. But number one is complaining. You've got a root of bitterness if you are constantly complaining. I, that, that goes back to when the sun's out. Man, the sun's out. Man, the sun's shining too bright. Or cloudy. Man, it's too cloudy. I mean, no matter what it is, it's, it's, you're complaining. I mean, you can have everything right and perfect, but you're going to find a way to complain. Yeah, right? You're just going to find a way to complain. And, and that's not God's will. So complaining is big. Let's look at Exodus chapter 15. I'm going to give you a verse for every single one of these. Exodus chapter 15, verse 22 to 26. Watch this. How many know when they were coming out of, out of, out of uh, uh, the Israelites were coming out of, of slavery, uh, Moses was taking them, they began to complain. So it says they brought, Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, 
And when they went out into the wilderness of Shur, and they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now that would be a good time to say, you know, I'm doing okay. Three days without water. There's a good okay moment. It says, when they came to Merah, they could not drink the waters of Merah, for they were bitter. So not only is there not water, now they find water, and it's bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Merah. Now, this is, this is sad for Moses. And the people complained against Moses, saying, now let's leave it there for a second on verse 24, saying, what shall we drink? And I'm thinking to myself, how in the world does Moses get the blame for water that's bitter? Can I stop there for a second? Stop blaming other people for your problems. Can I stay there for a second? I'm going to stay there anyways, whether you say amen or not. There are things that happen to us that are not, they're out of our control, yes. But don't be the person that blames everything that ever happens in your life on somebody else. Amen. Don't make somebody else the scapegoat. Sometimes we got to own up. Sometimes we've got to say, maybe I'm the problem. Maybe something I'm doing is wrong. I'm not saying bad things don't happen to good people. I'm not saying that. But how in the world is Moses' problem that the water is bad? It's not his problem. But he gets stuck with the complaining. How many times do you think God says, I'm so sick and tired of you complaining. And maybe sometimes God says, let me just take you into the wilderness a little bit. And show you what, what's, let me, here's the thing. Let me give you something to complain about. Right? Because we could be good at complaining. God's like, oh, you want to complain about something? Let me take you out there. Next verse. So he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord, watch this, showed him a tree. Now, always remember in the Old Testament there's symbolism. That tree is a symbol of the cross. Remember in the Old Testament it said, cursed is any man who dies on a tree. We know that Jesus was cursed when he died on that tree for our forgiveness. So the tree is symbolic of the cross, Jesus coming. So he shows him a tree. And then it says he cast it into the waters, and the waters were made sweet. And there he made a statute and an ordinance for them, and he tested them. Listen, you need to learn to throw the cross at your problems. Let me say that over here. We need to learn to throw the cross at our problems. He said, throw that tree into the water, and it made it sweet. We need to say, you know what? This is a real problem, but I'm not going to complain about it. I'm going to throw the cross at it. Amen. When we give it to the Lord, something good happens. We need to learn. One of my favorite prayers is to say, Satan, the blood of Jesus is against you. Amen. How many know we need to learn to pray against the problem and stop complaining about the problem? Complaining about it's not going to do any good. It's not going to change the situation. They could have complained forever, but God said, throw the tree in the water. Moved action through the tree in the water, turned sweet. Speak to that situation. Speak to that problem. Throw the cross into your mess. Amen. I want to give you a few quotes. Think about this. I've never met a bitter person who was thankful. I've never met a bitter person who was thankful, and I've never met a person who's thankful that's bitter. Now, when I say that, that mean, what I mean by that is that's a general statement. That doesn't mean we can't ever have a moment of bitterness. Do you all understand that this is, I'm not talking about a moment, I'm talking about a lifestyle. 
When I say root of bitterness, how many know a root doesn't grow overnight? It takes time for a root to grow. So when I'm saying all these things, I'm saying these things that we're losing this battle in a, in a grand scheme, not in a one-day thing. And so when you think about this, if you are a person that is thankful, generally thankful, meaning you find a way to be thankful for everything, and you're thankful for what you have, and you're not constantly always looking to have something else or to have somebody else's things, you're not going to be bitter. Because you can't be bitter and thankful at the same time. So if, you've, if you're bitter, you're, you can't be thankful. If you're thankful, you can't be bitter. I mean, it's, it's like oil and water. They don't mix. They're not going to mix together. Thankfulness and bitterness cannot mix. Okay? Amen. How many are with me? Number two. Big one. Jealousy and envy is a symptom that we might tell you that you have a root of bitterness, jealousy and envy. I was thinking this morning as I was going over my notes, what would be an opposite word of jealous? You might have one, don't shout it out, but I couldn't think of really an opposite word. But what, what I came up was, with was this, that here's, the, here's the, what this means. If you're jealous, it means you're not happy when somebody else does well. So, so, for example, in the church, when somebody gets up and gives a testimony and they say, man, the Lord blessed me with a new job or the Lord blessed me with a raise or the Lord blessed me with a vehicle or the Lord blessed me to pay off some debt or the Lord healed my body or any of those things, if you have a spirit of jealousy, you're not going to be happy for them. You're going to be saying, oh, I wish he'd heal me. Oh, I wish he'd give me a new car. Oh, I wish I'd get a new job. That's how you know you have the spirit of jealousy. When you rejoice when somebody else does well, you can be sure you don't have the spirit of jealousy. Now, I'm not saying that you can't at that moment think, oh, man, that'd be, that, I, I want that too. Well, I, I want that is, is different than I wish I had that. There's a difference. You're not, you're not envious. You're not jealous of them. You're not wishing it was you. You're glad that they got something and you'd like to have that too, but you're not allowing a root of bitterness to grow up in you that is going to be cancerous to you. Amen. I'm here with me. So jealousy and envy. Let's look at the verse for this. James chapter 3, verses 14 to 16. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts, do not boast and lie against the truth. This wisdom, now watch how heavy this gets. This wisdom does not descend from above. But it is earthly, sensual, demonic. Demonic. That means envy and jealousy is demonic. It's not of God. It's not an attitude that we should have. Now again, might have a moment I have a moment where we've got to deal with it. We've got to pull out the, 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 the shovel and, and knock that root down. We're, we're human. We deal with these things. I'm talking about you are walking in a spirit of jealousy. You never get excited when somebody else does well. You never clap. You never shout. Or if you do, you put it. says, don't lie. Don't clap if you're not happy. Don't lie. But don't let that bitterness rise up in you either. Watch the next verse. For where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. 
Oof. Evil. Jealousy is evil. How many know jealousy is what took Joseph's brothers to cause him to go and sell him into slavery and throw him into a pit? Now, God took what was meant for evil and turned it into good. But Joseph and his brother, or Joseph's brothers were the ones that lost out. How many are still here? Amen. Amen. Number three. Actually, I think I want to say a quote here real quick first. So jealousy and envy. How many have ever sensed that? Right? Sensed maybe being jealous, and you've caught yourself and said, man, I'm, I don't want that. I, I, I want to be happy for him. Or you've sensed someone being jealous of you. You just know that you tell them something, and you say, okay, I'm not telling them next time. <laughs> I'm going to find somebody else that's going to be happy for me. I mean, there's nothing worse than testifying to the, about the, what the Lord did and the person doesn't care. Right? You want to find someone who, how exciting is it when they, when they give you a high five and hug you and say, man, I'm so happy for you, and they mean it. Isn't that neat, right? I mean, when God does something, you want to go tell somebody. And so that, that spirit there, it, it, it can sometimes be contagious to you, like a cough. And I want to give you a quote to think about. When other people treat you poorly, keep being you. Okay? Keep being you. Don't, don't allow the way they treat you to change you. Keep being you. The Bible even says that you would reap, that you would heap coals, hot coals on your enemy if you love them when they don't deserve to be loved. So listen, don't ever let someone else's bitterness change the person you are. Amen? Don't allow it. Be, be that person that, that, that just says, no, I'm not going to let you rub off on me. Amen? Get your spiritual sanitizer in your hands. Amen? You run, get around that person that's jealous or envious or whatever, or, and they try to be bitter around you, you know, t- treat them good and, and, and love on them. And when you walk away, go get your spiritual hand sanitizer on and make sure you don't get the, the germs don't stay on you. Right? How many know how you keep from getting sick? Speaking of sickness, number three, sickness and disease can be a symptom. Disclaimer, I'm not saying if you're sick, you're bitter. I'm just saying constant, never-ending sickness can be a root of bitterness. Watch what Proverbs 14, verse 30 says. I'm giving you scriptures for every one of these things. A sound heart is life to the body. Now, I want to define what sound heart means. Sound heart means a healthy heart, a heart that's pure, a heart that's clean, a heart that's not jealous, a heart that, that, is, that is allowing, you know, the Bible says that he'll give us, he'll take our stone, heart of stone and give us a start, uh, heart of flesh. Uh, it, it's, it's moldable. It allows us to, to, to tell, have somebody speak into our lives and tell us something. It's, it's, there's a change there. It's a sound heart, and, and it's, it's healthy spiritually, okay? He says that that is life to the body, but watch the opposite. Envy is rottenness to the bones. And the New Living Translation says cancer to the bones. What does that mean? It means it's going to spread. If cancer is not caught, if cancer is not cut out, if cancer is not destroyed, it spreads. If bitterness is not caught, if anger is not caught, if jealousy is not caught, if complaining is not caught and cut out, it will spread. It will eventually kill you. 
It'll destroy your life. Some of us maybe have been raised in a place where you were just around constant bitterness and you've just been infected. Well, you can get healed. God can take that out of you. I mean, listen, I know some of y'all's stories. I know some of you were raised in difficult homes, places where there was no joy, places where there was nothing but bitterness. And you've had to, you've had to really allow God to change your life. Thank God he can. Amen. But you got to get a different mentality, and you got to stop saying, listen, I, and I'm going to kind of get ahead of myself again, but you're not, you're not going to keep looking back at the past. Amen. There was a woman in the Bible in Luke 13. The Bible says she walked bent over like this. Can you imagine living your whole life like this? Bent over. She had a spirit. Jesus prayed for her and she stood up. Amen. God can heal us this morning. He wants us to be whole. He wants us to walk in fullness. He wants us to walk in his plan and his purpose. He wants us to have joy. He wants us to have peace in the middle of the storm. He wants us to be contagious in love. He wants us to be contagious in, in peace and, and joy, not the other stuff. Number four. Number four. Anger. Anger. Watch what Ephesians chapter 4, 31 and 32 says. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. He says you've got to put it away. You've got to deal with it. That goes back to the work part again, okay? And then he says, and be kind to one another. That's work. Amen. How many know that's work? To be kind to each other. Be kind. Tenderhearted. Forgiving one another, even as God in Christ has forgiven you. That's work. It's not easy. Not everybody can do it. That's why we have that verse, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Y'all uh, remember, the, how many have seen the movie Broken? If you haven't seen the movie Broken, I, 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 I challenge you to see it. Louis Zamperini was that guy, that soldier, and he, he endured horrible, horrible treatment by the Japanese, right? The, was it Japanese? Horrible treatment. I mean, this, this guy, this, this commander of the Japanese ar army, I mean, he, I, I'm not going to take a lot of time, but he, he destroyed this man, and that man forgave him. Louis Zamperini came back and got saved in a Billy Graham crusade. And, and forgave that man. He, he, he physically, face-to-face, face-to-face, forgave that man for everything he did. That's the power of the cross. When we can forgive, amen, when somebody has done us wrong, that's the power of the cross, amen? So think about this. I, I, want, I, want, I really focused on this in the first service, and, and I, want, I want to focus on it again here. It's really important, okay? I'm going to give you the fifth one in just a second. So we've got um, sickness and disease, we've got jealousy, we've got complaining, we've got anger. But I want you to think about this, and this is a, a really profound statement. There is enough heartache and sorrow in our life. Can somebody say amen? amen. Before I go on, there's a lot of heartache and sorrow. Right? Am I right? In this world. There's enough. Without us self-inflicting more. 
We've got enough. We don't need help. I don't need to make my life more miserable, more, more difficult. Life's tough. There's enough sorrow. There's enough problems. There's enough strife without me throwing salt on my own wounds. Some people do that. They're in trouble. They're hurting. There's sorrow everywhere. Watch. And they add it by this, by stubbornness, bitterness, and resentment. Got quiet in here. There's enough problems without me adding on more problems by my own stubbornness, bitterness, and resentment. If you're doing it right, if you're staying in the word and praying and treating people right and loving people and in love with God, you're still going to have problems. Don't need any more that I put on myself. That's what the Israelites did. They were going to go through some struggles no matter what. They were going to have to trust God through some things, and they put it more on themselves because they were bitter and angry. They said, we were eating good back in slavery. Right? I mean, just ridiculous when you look at some of the stories. So I really want you to get that part. Here's another, another quote before we go to five. Never trust your tongue when your heart is bitter. Every single one of us could raise our hands in this place that we've said something we wish we could pull back. And we said it out of bitterness. Jealousy, anger, strife, unforgiveness. We said it. And it's said. Amen. Number five, last one. I want to close with this. Regret. Huge symptom of bitterness. Regret. I wish I could go back. And some people live so much in their past, there is no future. They're so much caught up on what happened to them that they'll never do anything productive in their lives because they cannot get past the past. You need to let your past go. It's gone. It's over. It's like trying to, trying to cry over scrambled eggs. They're scrambled. Eat them. Amen. You can't put them back in the, in the shell. They're scrambled. I don't like scrambled eggs. Well, eat them. Because that's all you got. Sometimes that's the hand you're dealt. Ah, I'm just going to complain forever. I'm just going to keep on complaining. Listen, I learned a lesson about that when I was about eight years old. My mom made scrambled eggs, and I didn't want them. And I stayed at the table for hours thinking that they were just going to disappear. And they kept getting colder and colder and colder. So I finally threw them behind the couch. <laughs> and that was good for a couple days till they started stinking. And then I got in trouble. <laughs> right? Just eat them. Just eat the eggs. Just whatever. Just eat it. Don't stop looking back. Watch what 2 Corinthians 7.10 says. For godly sorrow produces repentance leading to salvation. Watch this, not to be regretted, but, but the sorrow of the world produces death. The word regret is very important. We talked about this a few weeks ago. You cannot go back and change your beginning, but you can start today and change your ending. You cannot go back and change the beginning, but you can start today 
Change the ending. That's a powerful thing from the gospel. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Truth. It's truth. It's a truth. Can't fix it. Can't go back. There's a lot of hurts in this place. If we were to, if we were to add up to the hurts in this place, it would be a mountain we couldn't even see the top of. But it's over. Stop dwelling on it. it. You can't fix it. It's done. But say, what can I do now to get rid of this bitterness in my life that's causing me cancer, that's causing me sick all the time and down all the time and okay all the time and, and, and depressed all the time and mad all the time and jealous all the time. What can, how, I, want, I don't want to be like this anymore. But a revelation has to come. Through the word of God, something's got to snap and say, man, I'm, like the guy that was like the guy was the parable of the, the prodigal child. He just came to himself. I'm not going to live in this pigsty no more. I'm going home. I'll give you two words, and I actually forgot to say them in the first service, and they'll have to forgive me. Write these two words down. Last, last part here. I want everybody to write this down if you're taking notes. If not, write it here. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself. You've got to learn to forgive yourself. You're your worst enemy. God wants to use you. God wants to do things in your life. God has a plan for you. He knows the thoughts he has for you. His his mercies are new every morning. His favor is for life. But you're walking around in bitterness. And you're dying inside. And you're you're not doing anything for the kingdom of God. And even if you don't have a root, maybe you just have a little bit of bitterness, it's still stopping you from being full capacity of what God wants to do with your life. Because he wants to use you to change lives, to change people. You know what bitterness is? Listen to this. It's a result of clinging to negative experiences. Clinging to negative experiences. It serves you no good, and it closes the door to your future. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I pray, as I gave that disclaimer at the beginning, God, I am not saying anybody in here is sick because of this. I'm not saying that their troubles are because of this. I'm saying that your word teaches us that the root of bitterness is like cancer. We have seen some very, it's poison. It's poison, God. And and Lord, we, we as a church and as a body and as a people, we want to make a difference in this world But we can't change the world if we don't forgive ourselves. If we don't forgive those who've hurt us. If we don't start looking towards the future and stop looking back to the past and living in regret. Lord, today is a new day. Your mercies are new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. As your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed all across this place, how many in this place this morning could say pastor I I don't even know what my future holds because I don't know God I don't know the Lord I'm not saved if I died today I don't know where I'd pass eternity I don't know where I'd spend it the Bible says that Jesus Christ was cursed on that tree for you and me and if you will believe in him you'll have eternal life it's that simple So the salvation part, you can have that right now by just believing. But God doesn't just want to save you. He wants to heal you. God doesn't just want to save you. He wants to change you.
He wants to use you. He wants to transform you into a person that can make a difference in somebody else's life. And you're not going to make a difference positively if you're walking around in bitterness. If you're here this morning and you've never said the prayer, Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And I believe you rose from the dead. Raise your hand this morning and I want to pray for you. If you've never said that prayer, you're not born again. Today you want to be born again. There's salvation for you right now. If you've said that prayer and you're saved, thank God. But let me ask you this question. As you're praying there, as the Holy Spirit is speaking, where am I at? You ask yourself that. Where am I at? Did, did, did any of these symptoms that, that were spoken about out of God's Word, did they speak to me? Did it feel like electricity was touching me when, when some of those words, when the word anger was spoken, did that, ooh, did that hit me? Do I have a problem with anger, Lord? When, when, I, when that word jealousy was spoken, was that like a shock to my spirit? It, do I have a jealousy problem? When the word complaining was spoken, am I a constant complainer? Do I complain about everything and never see the glass half full? If any of those things spoke to you today, let me tell you some good news. The doctor's in the house. The great physician is here. And he can take that away from you right now. If you'll go back to that verse that says, Godly sorrow produces repentance. If you'll say, I'm sorry for that. Lord, I am sorry that I've been angry. God, is this something that's causing problems in my body? Is this something that's causing problems in my family? Is my jealousy doing this? Is my anger? Is my complaining? Lord, is, if, is this, if it is, I'm sorry. And today, I'm turning from that. Today, I'm going to change my attitude because you've been too good to me to live my life in bitterness. As we stand to our feet this morning, let me tell you something. The doctor's here. We're going to sing a song. And I want to challenge you. You might think, man, if I go up to the altar that someone's going to know something was wrong with me. We all have something wrong with us. We all have, there's, there's got to be an area here where, the, where the, even if it doesn't have the root of bitterness, it's an area you're struggling. It's an area you're struggling. And, and, and if you'll just deal with it and you'll just come and say, Lord, I need help. I need help. What's an alcoholic or a drug addict's problem? They won't admit they need help. Once you say, Lord, I need help with this anger. I've tried. I need help with this unforgiveness. I've tried. I need help with this. I don't want to be jealous anymore. I, I want to be happy when someone tells a testimony. If those things hit you, even if all five hit you, if you're 100% today, if you got an F on the test, you can get an A today because God can change it all in 50 seconds at the altar, in one minute, by just coming with the right heart and the right attitude. This will, this will bring fruit. A message like this brings fruit to a church. Because we get rid of the bitterness and we love each other like the Bible says. Did you notice in every one of those verses, half of the verse was what the good that can happen and half was the bad that can happen? Have you noticed that that's how the Bible is? It kind of sums up, and I'm going to open up their altar right now, but it kind of sums up in this really short verse in the Bible that I use a lot. God said, I place before you today life and death. Choose life. It's our choice. But God can't change us if we don't want to change. But if we want to change, He's like, yes, they're coming. Yes, they're good. Their attitude, yeah, I'm ready. I'm, I'll, and I'll, just, I'll do it in a second. As we begin to sing, the altars are open. Thanks again for listening. 
If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.